you came across this podcast, you may have typed in, do you know him? If so, who or what are you looking for in life? If you'd like to talk to someone about this, or if there is something you'd like to hear about in a future episode, then please email us at doyouknowhimpodcast at gmail.com. And now on to today's episode. This is the Do You Know Him podcast. This is Lowell King. I'll be your host. Today's story is entitled Riding with Dad. Well, I think I mentioned in an earlier story how much I appreciated spending time with my dad. Anytime I could get away with him or even with the family, but just he and I spending time together was very, very special to me. I remember when I was eight years old, he took me fishing for the first time in the middle of the Half Moon Bay area. We got lost out there in the fog. We couldn't figure out which way the coast was. But that day, I caught the biggest fish of the day. There were six men on uh, two other boats, and they were all together as buddies all out fishing. But we were in small boats uh, for that area. The water was smooth, but the fog rolled in on us, and it was a little scary. But um, most of the time when we went fishing, it was the San Joaquin Valley area, the deltas, we call it up here in the Bay Area in California. There's like thousands of miles of rivers that wind around through the San Joaquin Valley and Stockton and, and up to Sacramento. It's just an amazing place to be able to do boating and recreation, water recreation uh, activities. But we had a couple of places that we used to like to go out past Tracy, California. And uh, they were somewhat rural. Uh, I remember uh, my dad was forever finding these little country roads, uh, farmer roads, or he'd call them, or ways to get off the main highway. Back in those days, they didn't have the freeways that they have today. In fact, uh, believe it or not, I remember the old, uh, what they used to call suicide lane roads, where they were three three lanes and the two lanes traffic could go in opposite direction and there was a middle lane that people would actually pass coming at each other if you can believe that so you'd have to be very careful on those they did have some people who got killed on those roads they finally did away with those in California but this particular day I'm talking about actually there's two events that I wanted to share with you the first one is that we were uh, fishing out there uh, in the delta and we had a pretty good day. I don't remember the number of fish that we caught that day, but we usually caught quite a few catfish, uh, sometimes a striped bass or two. But for the most part, it was catfish that we would try to be catching. And uh, anyway, this particular day, I remember we got done around, oh, probably in the late afternoon. Uh, Typically, we would go in the morning and then come back at three or four o'clock in the afternoon, sometimes five o'clock. Well, we came up to a place where there was a railroad crossing. And I remember that the crossing bar had to come down and the bell was ringing and it was out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you would there wasn't a house to be seen probably for five miles in any direction, but they did have this railroad crossing there. And I remember uh, my dad looking at the train and saying, man, that's a long train. We're going to be here forever. The next thing I know before I could even get a word out of my mouth he backed up and he started to act like he was going to go across the track. And I, and I knew that was the wrong thing to do. And I, I said, Dad, you better not do that, you know. I, I remember 
I wasn't really emphatic about it, but I really thought it was the wrong thing to do. And he was trying to make up his mind, should I do it or shouldn't I? And I know he was thinking this is going to delay us getting home for at least 15 or 20 minutes. And the next thing I know, the train's coming down on top of us. It's going fairly fast. I'd say 35 or 40 miles an hour. But it was a big train, a lot of cars. And my dad decided at the last second to pop the clutch. Back in those days, the old stick shift. He popped the clutch and stepped on the gas. And we jumped almost like a rabbit across those tracks. But what happened was when he popped the clutch, it broke the axle on the rear wheels. And so there was a lot of noise and it felt like we were going somewhere. But in reality, what happened was it just jumped a little bit and then it just started to roll. And it was rolling and the train was coming and it was barely rolling. And we both, I guess you'd call froze. And we were in the car we couldn't get out of the car fast enough because the train was on top of us. The car is still rolling towards the other side of the tracks. And just as we get just across the tracks, the train comes flying by. And he's honking his horn like crazy. He was so angry at my dad, I'm sure. Uh, probably would have killed us if we hadn't gotten across there. And, and we found out after we got out of the car, finally, after the car stopped on the other side, and we realized how close the train was. I mean, it was literally less than probably six inches from the back of the car. That was the first of my crazy stories, riding it with Dan. But that day I remember that there was a voice that was inside of me that was saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And for a long time I didn't understand what that voice was. Uh, but now I know and I've learned to discern or to understand the difference between a voice that's inside of me that's my conscience, uh, a voice that's tempting me, and a voice that is trying to give me direction and guidance. And I know that day it was God's voice uh, encouraging me to tell my dad, no, you, you can get home a few minutes late. It's not going to be the end of the world. Well, it was a few years later I was probably around 13 or 14 years old at that point. And we were out again at the Delta, and we had been fishing that day. And that day we, we left a little bit later. I remember uh, it was at that time of the day that we called dusk. You, you probably know what I mean by that. Just when the sun is going down, and it's it's probably one of the most dangerous times of the day to drive a car because uh, unless you have a lot of lighting, uh, the dusk, it, it kind of makes it hard to see sometimes. Well, anyway, we're on this country road, and, and in this particular case, we were not the only car on the road. The first trip that I was telling you about, we were the only car on the road. But this trip, there was a lot of traffic, and we were all on this country road, two-lane road, trying to uh, beat the traffic that was out on the main highway, and... I don't know how many cars, I never really counted the cars, but I would say probably there was four or five cars behind us, and there was probably, in the other direction, zoom, 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 every once in a while a car would come by. And of course this road was kind of windy, and it kind of went up a little hill and down a little hill, and and it was a not the kind of uh, lane that or uh, driveway, or I'm sorry, uh, road that I would actually want to pass a car on, simply because 
the traffic was uh, coming in both directions and there was limited visibility. Well, there was a guy on the back of our car. He was right behind us. In fact, there were times, because I looked back myself, he was so close to us that we couldn't see uh, the front of his car. I mean, we could see the front of his car, but not, not like the bumper or any of that. He was really up on my dad's uh, rear bumper, and he was just pushing my father. My dad happened to be the lead person at this point, and there was a couple of cars behind us, and he was trying to be cautious, but at the same time, he was trying to see, keep the speed up so he wouldn't be delaying it, uh, the cars behind us. There was no place to pull over, so we were stuck. We had to just do the best we could. Well, this guy pulled over in the left lane a couple of times like he wanted to pass, and uh, my dad got angry. And I remember my father saying, well, that guy's an idiot. Look at the way he's driving. He could kill both of us the way he's driving. Uh, he should just stay in his own lane. He shouldn't be out there. He's going to have a problem. And there was a voice inside of me that said, tell him to pull over and let this guy by. And at first I ignored it. I mean, I'm only 13 or 14 years old. I don't want to be telling my dad how to drive a car. I don't even have a license yet. But this voice was so persistent. It was unbelievable. And um, so finally, uh, I did say something to my dad. And my dad didn't even respond to me. And then the second time, I continue to feel this urging voice, please tell him to pull over and let the other car go by. So finally I, I did. I got a little bit more aggressive and I said, Dad, you know, it's not worth it. Let this guy go by. And uh, so anyway, the third time it happened, again, my dad was pretty, pretty upset about it. Uh, and I saw that there was a place up the road probably 150 or 200 feet that looked like it was just wide enough for him to get over, let the guy go by. So I said, Dad, there's a spot right there. Why don't you just pull over and let him please go by? You know, there's no reason we can, we're not only, we're only going to be one, like one car <laughs> late here. It's not like no big deal if this car gets ahead of us. Let him go. Well, he didn't even respond to me again, but he did pull over. He pulled over just enough for that car to go screaming by us. And uh, anyway, about 150 or 200 feet ahead of us, we pulled in behind him. A car came in the opposite direction trying to pass and hit him head on. I'll never forget that because the amount of blood that I saw that day was more than I'd ever seen in my life. Everyone was either bleeding or dead. There were cries, moaning, my dad pulled over. We tried to help the best we could. We didn't have cell phones in those days. I think one of the people that pulled over said they would go to the next place they could find a payphone and try to call an ambulance to come out. There was no question some of the people were dead. There were three or four children in the car that passed us. Everyone was hurt severely. I never did hear any more about the outcome of if they died or or were injured for life, I, I really don't know because we didn't have a way to even find out. It was in an area that was well out of our uh, area that we would receive, like a newspaper or hear anything from the news. But I, I have no doubt on my mind that day, if I hadn't listened to that voice, 
And if I hadn't been persistent, if the voice had not been persistent to me, and I know that voice was the voice of God, uh, I would not be here today to tell the story. And I, I just thank God that I listened and I said something to my father that day. Well, this is Lowell King asking you. I'll ask you a little different way today. If you heard that voice, would you know who it is? And I guess I'll ask you the other question. The most important question you'll ever know in your entire life, do you know him?